Welcome to the Wedding Digest by Wedbooker, the podcast that covers the exciting, challenging, and sometimes stressful aspects of planning a wedding, bringing you inspiration and advice from a wedding planner and other industry guests to help you save time, money, and your sanity. Brought to you by wedbooker.com, the place to book your dream wedding team with over 400 professional suppliers and venues at your fingertips. Welcome to episode two, season two of The Wedding Digest. I'm Lucy, a Sydney-based presenter and producer, and I'm joined by my incredibly talented and knowledgeable friend, Ali, who, of course, is a wedding planner and here to talk through all the trials and tribulations of planning your big day. (laughs) There are a few trials and tribulations, but on the most part, it's all fun. A few tips and tricks can certainly help. With many couples looking to postpone their weddings or push them back into a date in 2021, one of the benefits of having this is definitely more planning time. So we're hoping we're here to help you make the most of that. Absolutely. Now, one big detail of our wedding is, of course, the entertainment. Do you go for a band or do you go for a DJ or is it fine just to use your Spotify? Ali, you're going to help make this decision easier for couples. Yeah, this is a big one for so many couples and this is when budget and priority comes into play. I have so much advice on this topic, so let's jump in. Okay, Ali, let's talk music. Now, we know how important entertainment is for so many couples at a wedding, but one of the biggest decisions that couples have to make is whether to go for a band or a DJ. So, how do you know if a band or DJ are best for you? Mm, I think most of it was going to come down to what sort of atmosphere you're trying to create at your wedding. And that's not just the dance floor. The dance floor is a huge part of it, Um, but a band or a DJ can really set the atmosphere from the cocktail hour all the way through dinner and then onto that killer dance floor. So deciding between the two is is really dependent on your wedding and what sort of wedding you're looking for. But look, a DJ is almost like having the world's best music mixer right there for you. It's someone Mm. who can change the songs based around what's happening in the room. So they'll really read the dance floor and they'll know that, hey, I just played a 90s classic hit and everyone went off. So I'm going to play a few more of those. Or um, that word song really didn't get the dance floor going. So I'm going to change and move across here. Or if you decide last minute to throw in another speech, they can change the music based around that as well. So they're really there to make sure the music sets the mood and keeps the party going going. Some DJs can also be really interactive as well. I mean, you've seen them in there when they start dancing with you too and can really get the dance floor going. Some even bring lights and disco balls and speakers and so much more. So a a DJ can really be more than just someone there to help you play through your music for the night. If you find a great DJ, they're going to set the mood for you. They're going to create an atmosphere and they're going to really build it um, to be exactly what you want. So um, finding a good DJ can always be a great way to get the dance floor going. But then, look, a band, God, that creates serious atmosphere. Some bands even have saxophone players that come in and, look, nothing beats a saxophone player that comes in on the dance floor while you're all dancing. I don't know if you've been to a wedding when this happens, but it is so fun. It is so good. I love a sax. So good. And, like, bands often play cover songs as well. And a cover song is a song written by an artist that you already know. So it might be a top 20 song or an old favorite or a classic and they just redo it with their own twist. So you're definitely not missing out on having all those songs that you love. And because you're going with a band, that doesn't mean you're only listening to their songs. 
Bands can actually make a really slow song so upbeat and party friendly. They just have this way with mixing them together and making sure the dance floor really comes to life. So I do think that a band is a great way to create a party vibe. You feel like you're right there with them and they'll be on stage dancing with you. Whereas a DJ is a really nice way to create a bit of a dance floor vibe. So they'll be setting the mood on the dance floor and all your friends will be there moving around them. Um, the band sort of draws you in a little bit more. I know. Nothing quite beats live music, does it? Like mm, a good band <laughs> is a good band. But the other tough part of that is finding the right band. I think that's what's so hard as well when we talk about the difference between a band and a DJ. It's so general. I mean, it's like saying what's the difference between having, you know, a summer or a winter wedding. There are so many different yeah. factors that go into each. It's going to sort of make the decision easier or harder for you. So um, depending on the DJ or depending on the band, um, it's just going to give you a different experience. We'll get back to this chat soon, but first, here's some more info on our sponsor, Wedbooker. If you're just starting your wedding planning or simply need help finding suppliers, wedbooker.com has everything you need in one simple-to-use wedding marketplace. You can search, compare quotes, and book your dream venue and suppliers all through the Wedbooker platform. If you're after a little more help, why not sign up to one of our affordable wedding planning packages? Check out wedbooker.com. Okay, so what if you really can't decide between a DJ or a band? You've seen some amazing bands and you love the live music aspect, but then you also know that a great DJ is going to put on an awesome party for you and your guests. I have to admit, I was in this situation. I was yeah. torn between a DJ or a band. We decided to go for a DJ, but also percussionists too. So we had a bongo player and also a sax player accompanying the DJ and we absolutely loved it. So like you said with the sax interactive crowd, that's kind of what happened and similar with the bongos, like it's such a fun summary feel. But then we also had the DJ. So we did have the option of, of covering all different types of music from every single kind of genre. Yeah. Look, I think you've hit the nail on the head. The answer is if you can't decide between the two, do both. It's a bit of a trend and it's been growing and growing. Look, I would say it's actually, we can't even really call it a trend anymore. I think it's really here to stay. Having a band and a DJ there together is just the best combo. And you'll actually find now a lot of the bands actually have a DJ that works with them. You just might not see them. So, they might be back of house. So, pulling that DJ in and having them front of stage side by side with either one musician or, as you said, a saxophone player or one other musical element, um, or even if it's two musicians, it just creates that party vibe like nothing else. So, really, it's just the best of both worlds. Yeah, 100%. Also, something that's very popular at a lot of weddings and I just love is having an acoustic singer. It can be incredible, especially while you're standing around and your guests are having canapes and drinks and just having a beautiful, like, angelic voice in the background, oh. whether that's male or female female is just so dreamy. Oh, it's so romantic. And look, I guess an acoustic singer or artist is amazing for just that. Having them at your ceremony while you walk down the aisle, um, that acoustic artist playing in the background to some beautiful song, it is so breathtaking and just a real tearjerker. And then to use yeah. them at your cocktail hour as well, like I'm just picturing this on a beautiful farm looking out of some rolling hills and you've got the acoustic um, musician playing in the background while you're having some amazing 
champagne, like it really just sets the most beautiful scene for all your guests as well. Um, but then mm. maybe when you move into dinner, you might then switch over to do a DJ or a band take over the dance floor. I wouldn't suggest using an acoustic artist um, for your dance floor. Look, maybe you might find a great one. And if you do have one, send us through your recommendations. Um, yeah. But usually the, the acoustic artists are amazing for your ceremony and your cocktail hour and even to play through dinner. Um, you can keep them there and then just you let your DJ or your live band take over for the dance floor. So obviously, I mean, in an ideal world, it would be amazing to have an acoustic singer and a DJ and a band or, mm. you know, at least two of the three. But I guess it does come down to budget as well. And if entertainment is a priority and you're willing to pour more from your budget into having the best possible entertainment and a variety of entertainment, then amazing. But for a lot of people, um, it's probably not the way that they'd prefer to go and just stick mm. with one form of entertainment, mm. then that's totally fine too. Yeah. And look, I think a lot of this and like everything with weddings, it comes down to budget. And um, if you're sitting there with a budget now, it does add up so quickly. And I'm sure you're trying to find a way to save an extra thousand dollars here or there. So the dream of having an acoustic singer at your ceremony and your cocktail hour, and then maybe the DJ band combo at your um, reception just might not be realistic within your budget. Um, and that's totally fine. Look, there are so many couples out there that can't do it all. Um, even though I would love to, there are amazing options for you as well. And just using a Spotify playlist. So you might just have Spotify playing for your ceremony um, rather than having the live acoustic singer, or you might have the live band at your ceremony and go for the Spotify playlist on the dance floor. Or hey, you might just use Spotify for the whole thing. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, A few tips for me if you were doing the um, Spotify playlist would be to make sure you check um, if your venue has computer inputs for you so you can actually play your computer Spotify playlist through the venue speakers and also create a playlist um, that is merged together so you don't get those really awkward silences between songs. And then it's a great idea to list your playlist. So as a DJ or a band would be doing, different times or different moments in your wedding are going to require different music to set the scene. So you don't need loud dance floor music playing during dinner. So you might create a Spotify playlist that is a dinner playlist and then you might have a separate playlist that's a dance floor playlist and you can sort of flick between them as the mood changes. Yeah, that's a great idea. And it's also a good idea to perhaps nominate one of your guests or someone in your bridal party or family who takes charge of that playlist and ensures the right music is playing at the right time because you certainly don't want that as a responsibility of yours if you're a bride or a groom. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, there's there's someone in there that wants to be a DJ, so give them their night, let them shine. (laughs) Let them shine. And I guess the other option with that, if you are choosing to use Spotify for either your ceremony or your reception or both, then do ensure that whoever is in charge has packed charges because the last thing you want is for the computer or your phone to run out of battery and then you know, everyone's running around trying to find a charger yeah, that works. Definitely, definitely. And make sure you've downloaded that playlist as well. So you're not relying on the internet too. Yes. Yes. Very good point. So I guess when it comes down to choosing your um, entertainment for the night, it really does depend on your budget and also how much you prioritize it. For some people, entertainment is literally everything. For others, they're like, hey, I've got good taste in music. I know what I like, but I prefer to spend my money on other things. So I'm just going to go for the Spotify option. So many amazing options out there to cater to all budgets. Yeah, definitely. Going back to um, DJ or band, or if you do decide to choose an acoustic singer as well, how important is it to see them or go and watch them perform uh, elsewhere before locking them in for your big day? Look, I would say this is how 90% of brides or couples choose 
their band or DJ. I mean, I don't know about you, but most people would say, I saw this person at a wedding and I absolutely loved them. So I have to have them on my wedding day. I've had couples before that have, the, the bride has been to a wedding like three years before her own wedding, before she was even engaged. And she was like, when I get married, that DJ is playing at my wedding. He is amazing. So a lot, a lot <laughs> yeah. of people, you, you know, might have already seen them before and have chosen that particular band or DJ because they have seen them before and love them. If you haven't seen an amazing band or DJ that you love, it is really important that you try and see snippets of their work before you book them in. It's a little bit like choosing a venue. Um, A DJ or a band is going to have a particular style, um, just like a venue will. So, you want to make sure you pick one that suits the style or the atmosphere that you want. You don't want to then be going to your DJ or your band, hey, I know you guys always play 90s hits, but I hate 90s music. Can you play nothing of that? And can you do all now for me? It's just not what they do. So, you have to respect their artistic um, elements as well and pick someone that really is going to suit you. So, um, give them a Google, ask them for snippets. They might even send you a few videos of them playing at other weddings. Their websites will often have videos for you. Um, Jump onto YouTube, just do as much research as you can. Um, Ask them for a playlist, speak to people that you know, or maybe even ask if you can chat to a couple that um, have booked them in the past, if they might give you their number so you can have a chat to them and talk to them about um, how they found the night and what sort of music was played for them. But definitely, do your research. And with live bands, often, you know, if they're not performing at weddings, if it's out of wedding season, generally they'll probably be performing gigs at pubs and stuff. So just find out, ask them if when they are performing live next. And if you can make it, go along, make a night of it, go to the pub, bring your bring your partner or a few friends and, you know, decide if, if they've got the vibe you like. Yeah, exactly. Such a good idea. What about if you are at the end of the spectrum and entertainment is everything to you and you want to pour a lot of your budget into ensuring that the entertainment really wows on the day. What are some other options out there, aside from what we've already spoken about, that really can, you know, lift the bar when it comes to entertainment and performance on your big day? Oh, God, this is so exciting. The the options are truly limitless here for you. If you do want to have something that's such a wow factor, really think outside the box. I mean, you could always do that Love Actually surprise musical performance. That would be so fun. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) Or have a known singer come in and do a set for you. So there might be an Australian artist or even an international artist that you absolutely love and you might get them to come in and do, you know, a 60-minute set for you or an hour and a half set um, at the beginning of the dance floor time or an amazing band. Um, Gosh, you can even do a a choir or a full orchestra. It really just depends on the vibe you're looking for and what you're looking for your entertainment to build for you. But if you do have the budget, Really think outside the square, think big, think different, um, have a chat to a few um, agencies or even jump onto a website like WebBooker and have through the, have a look through the um, entertainment options there and you'll find some really cool ones in there. I know Elle Ferguson, when we spoke to her in season one, she mentioned that she was absolutely going to have a choir, like a huge big choir for her uh, ceremony. And then for her reception, I think she's really set the bar high, but she wanted Maroon 5 to come and play. So look, I mean, if you've got the budget and you've got the pool, (laughs) then the world's your oyster. Another form of entertainment or performance that really uh, I thought was quite different and magical was at one of my best friend's weddings at her ceremony. She had a harp player. Is that what they called it? A harpist? But it was a harp. It just, nothing beats a string musical instrument at a ceremony as well. They just are so romantic and so beautiful. Oh, it was just, it was just dreamy. But you're Mm. right. The world really is your oyster 
when it comes to entertainment. If, if that's your thing and that's what you want to splurge on, then you can kind of do anything. Yeah. And I think that entertainment is a huge one. I mean, most of us say we just want our wedding to be a big party or we just want our wedding to be there for all our guests to have so much fun together with us. So entertainment is a really great way to make sure that the whole night is so fun and everyone just has an absolute blast. So if you're sitting on the fence with having a band or a DJ um, and if you save that budget or if you can afford to put it in there, um, I think if you can um, do it, do a bit of research. Um, There are different price points out there for different bands and DJs and they vary quite a bit. So just ask for a few different quotes. But if you can get them in there, then trust me, you won't regret it. All right. Thanks so much, Ali. Hopefully that's helped. And of course, guys, if you've got any more questions, then you can always hit us up on the Wedbooker Instagram page. Ali's always on there, ready to answer your questions. Or if you're searching for um, some entertainment options, as Ali said, jump on over to wedbooker.com. You'll find a list of amazing artists and performers on there. Ask Ali. Okay, so now it is time for our Ask Ali segment. So this is when we take the DMs that you guys send us on Instagram and we put the hard questions to Ali to get her advice. So I've got a couple here today for you. Firstly, Alice from Terrigal. Now, Alice says she's tried on so many dresses and just can't find the one. Her wedding is in February 2021 and she's really starting to get stressed. So she's asking her advice, what should she do next? Gosh, Alice, this is such a dilemma to be in, but look, fear not, you're definitely not the only one. I think so many brides were just unable to commit to the one, but I think it's the pressure we all put on the dress. Like we've all dreamt of this day, we've dreamt of the dress and you only get to pick one or maybe two and it can be a really overwhelming process. I always say try not to try on 5 million dresses. Pick a store or a few designers you absolutely love the style of and go in and chat to the stylist or the shop assistant. You've heard or you might have heard so many stories about brides that say, look, I really love this particular style and pictured myself in this dress. But when I walked into the shop, um, the assistant pulled out you know, this style I'd never considered before. I tried it on and just absolutely fell in, in love. So I think having that open mind. The designers and the shop assistants know the collections really well um, and they'll look at you and they'll know what's going to suit you. So, also trust them a little bit. Then maybe don't take too many people to your appointment with you. So nice to take your entire bridal tribe and your mom and your mother-in-law and, you know, a whole group of people, but then you end up with so many opinions um, and it can then again get really overwhelming. You just need to remember that it's it's your big day um, and you're the one wearing the dress. So, in the end, it's your opinion that matters the most and how you feel in that dress that matters the most. And look, if you feel like you have tried on every dress in Australia, which Alice, it sounds like maybe you have, (laughs) I would take a pause (laughs) and maybe go back to Instagram and Pinterest and Google and like all those dresses that you've definitely saved and just rediscover what styles you love. Give yourself a break and sort of get out of the clutter and the fog of trying on a million dresses and then go back out there with absolute tunnel vision with just a core group of people, like maybe one or two and stay focused and don't let the pressure of making the decision on the one 
um, scare you out of making a decision on your perfect dress. And also I think if you do take a break and maybe revisit in um, October, like September, October, you probably uh, Mm. have a refresh of new styles coming through as well. Yeah, definitely. I think um, usually it's every sort of six months that um, designers will bring out whole new collections. Sometimes they'll even give you sneak peeks on it. So if you go into a designer shop or a stylist shop and you love their style but you can't quite find the one, even ask them, look, do you happen to be making a dress like this in the next collection? Or look, they can customize things for you. So so don't be afraid to ask the questions and, and go down that route as well. Yeah, 100%. And also my tip that I found when shopping for my wedding dress is I got a spray tan of the color that I wanted for my wedding day. So I knew what I would look like on my wedding day. I mean, everyone feels better with a spray tan. So oh, <laughs> maybe try that as well. That's a good tip. <laughs> I wish I had done that because you're right. Sometimes the white and the creams dress, they just wash you out and you just can't yeah. make that decision. So that is awesome. Yeah, get a spray tan. Okay, cool. I hope that helps, Alice. I've got a second one here for you from Anushka, who uh, lives in Brisbane. She says, my mother-in-law wants to invite eight of her girlfriends that I've never met. How do I politely say no without causing any issues? We're already tight for numbers. Oh, this one is so hard. Anushka, I... I feel for you, again, this is such a common problem. I swear it's like all of us face this, um, so you're not alone. (laughs) Um, But I think I've said this before in one of our podcast episodes, a really easy way to get out of this is to lean back on your venue numbers. So if your venue can only fit 120 people, just say to your mother-in-law, look, I would love to have your eight additional friends there, um, but unfortunately I just can't with the capacity that we're sitting at. Um, I can only fit 120 people. And that, that is a real answer. I mean, you will have a capacity and you can't go over that. The venue just can't legally fit more people in the space. So that's a really easy way to push the decision onto the venue's capabilities rather than your own. Um, If that isn't going to work for you or if she knows that you do have extra places or you just don't want to um, maybe tell that white lie, which I completely understand, then it's kind of about deciding what's worth the argument and what's not. If you really don't want them to be there, I think this first thing would be maybe have an honest conversation with your partner. I mean, it is his mum or her mum. So I would sit down with your partner and say, you're not comfortable with them being there and this is why. And then sit down with your future mother-in-law together and just explain why that you don't want them there or that you do have the limited numbers or you just can't squeeze anyone else in or that, you know, by inviting them, you might upset or insult someone else. Um, But going as a team force, I think, um, don't feel like you have to wear this burden completely on your own. Also, if you've got any more of these um, awkward questions that you need answers to, we actually did a whole episode on awkward situations that often you have to encounter when planning a wedding. So that's Mm -hmm. in season one. So trawl through uh, the archives and, and find yourself that episode I'm sure you'll find some other helpful tips in there as well. Thanks, Ali. Not a worry. Well, next week we have a very special guest on the podcast. If you're listening from Australia, it's likely you'll be familiar with this gorgeous bubbly bride-to-be. Now, our guest has had to postpone her wedding for the third time this year, so she'll be chatting about her experience and, of course, sharing her tips too. Make sure you follow Wedbook on Instagram this week and we will reveal who this amazing guest is. In the meantime, if you have any questions or you'd like to be featured on Ask Ali, shoot me a DM on Instagram and I'll come back to you. Perfect. We'll be back in your ears next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wedding Digest podcast brought to you by Wedbooker. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and let us know what you think by leaving a review. You can also find us on the gram at Wedbooker.
to start planning your dream wedding or for one-on-one wedding advice from Ali, head to wedbooker.com where you'll also find show notes and more info on any of our amazing guests and suppliers.